I see you, yeah you, flipping through all the podcasts, looking for something different. Tired of those with all the catchy phrases, a one-size-fits-all quick fix schemes that never seem to fit. My name is Anthony Hart, and if you are like me, you want more than a moment. We are looking for a movement of groundbreakers and world changers who are tired of the status quo, willing to throw it all up to see what sticks, willing to ask a question before pointing a finger. This is your invitation into a collection of thoughtful ponderings posed to make you think, one-on-one conversations that challenge you with fresh perspective, and roundtable discussions where sparks fly as iron sharpens iron. Intrigued? Pull up a seat. We've been waiting for you. But don't get comfortable. You might be up next. In the Red is now in session. Let's go. I'm so thankful that you're with me today. Welcome to In the Red podcast with me, Anthony Hart. You, whoever you are, I don't know that we've ever met, but I hope not. I hope someone new like you is on today for the first time and is here to have a conversation. I know you don't get to talk. I'm just going to do the talking. But I hope I'm prompting something in you. I hope this generates a conversation with yourself. I hope it opens up a conversation that you might have with others and sharing and and really breaking down what this kind of means to you. I hope the title brought you in today. You're going to find this is just a podcast, most of the time with just my own ramblings or musings of a, a occasional um, 80s rock riffs. Uh, just kind of where it may be a 90s hip-hop tune, um, but it's just me and you just for this small amount of time talking about things that I feel like we need to talk more about. One of the most important things that we as society, that we as the generation of today gloss over so much is conversation. Why, why, why do we run from conversation? I am a small-town, backwoods, Arkansas boy, and my dad was a small-town pastor. So I learned the power of conversation very quick. I also learned the cost of conversation really quick. I can remember as a young man going with my pops to the grocery store in a town of about 3,000 people. There was never a short moment to be had. A loaf of bread meant a 35, 40-minute visit because he was always seeing someone that he knew. And when you're a kid and you want to get back to playing ball, uh, get back to playing outside, climbing trees, all the things that we used to do at our age and as kids, stuck in a store with your dad was like, oh, dad, would you quit talking to everybody, pulling on his, his, his pant leg and all the things. But now I look back and I see the power of conversation truly played out in front of my eyes. I I saw a man who listened nonstop to people within the community, would stop, give them time, would demonstrate value and communicate value to that person in, in just sharing in that space and listening. And I wonder how we've missed that in the society around us. How have we missed? Why do we walk around struggling to find our own value, struggling in a place that we're not good enough? Why? Well, the world around us tells us we're not good enough. Um, It's in everything that we do from the commercials we watch, the TV shows we watch, the, the voices we listen on podcasts, the people we follow on social media, the political parties we vote for. Yes, it's all of those things because they gain some power and authority over you by diminishing your value. 
They want to make you feel helpless and hopeless because they then are your savior. They somehow give you something that you cannot get anywhere else if you only just give all of your time and attention to them. Oof. Now, I know what you're thinking, maybe some of you. I'm a pastor, and you're thinking, well, isn't that what Jesus does? Well, here's where Jesus is way different than any other religion. And I know we're getting off point of what I really wanted to talk about today. Those are the moments that I know this is where we're supposed to be, the exact place we're supposed to be. When he wrecks my schedule and I had it all figured out and we begin to talk about something else. See, Jesus came to do what he did to die for you. And you're like, eh, I'm not into this Jesus thing, but just, just hear me out for a minute. Don't run yet. Because if the hook got you in, the invitation over accusation, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the power of conversation. But to start this, I want to speak value over you. Because the only important thing we have to understand about conversation is two things. First, you have value to bring to every conversation you're in. I think too many people struggle with this. That's why we don't talk to people. We see somebody that's outside of our league or we feel uh, that we don't have anything to add. So we steer clear. There's a lot of people who feel so intimidated and undervalued in this life that that's why they isolate themselves and don't talk to anybody. So the first thing you have to realize, you have value. Now, if you look through that lens at the Bible instead of the lens of hurt and offense, which is what the world tells you to read it through, this Bible just wants to tell you how wrong you are. This Bible says you are not loved if you're not this, this, and this. If you don't stop doing this, this, and this, you're not loved. See, that's not true. Everything that Jesus did was to demonstrate that you have value in spite of what you're doing. It's like being out there and someone's shooting at you and someone randomly walks up, jumps in front of the bullet you've never met before. But now let me shift this a little bit. They've never, you've never met them before, but you've heard a lot about them. You've heard that they would only die for you if you believed what they believed. You've heard that they would only do that if you weren't like you and you were more like the other people in their corner. And then all of a sudden they jump in front of this bullet, save your life, look up at you and say, I love you. You have value. And that's your interaction with them. See, that's what Jesus did for all of us. He came and died a death for us before we were ever born, thought of in our own mind. But the beauty is to know that God knew you, thought of you before you were ever thought of. And that he paid that price for you. How is that not the most ultimate value ever given? But then we have this gift, we have this thing, and we just want to continue to do what we want to do. See, that's what Jesus represents is there's a better way to do what you've done. There's a more intentional way to do this. There is an identity that you have been made in. But like spoiled, rotten teenagers, we reject all of that, right? Power to the people. 
damn the man, screw the government. I'm going to listen to you, mom and dad. What do you know? See, that's the way we all are. That's the way we are designed. So Jesus represents this better way, this more informed way, this more valuable way. Yet we continue to do things that we want to do, which undervalue us for the most part. We continue to chase broken relationships because we don't know our value. And if we're not in a relationship with somebody, then we don't have value. And when maybe the things we're supposed to pursue don't give back to us, then we just go pursue it in other ways. We come up with our own direction of what we want to do, and maybe there is a value that comes with that. But what if I told you today that value is limited? That what you've become accustomed to seeing in the mirror, well, this is just who I am. What if that's still limited? What if what you don't see in the mirror is more valuable than what you can? What if you only see the remnants of what's been done to you? What if you only see the remnants of mistakes that's been that you've made? What if you even only see the remnants of what's been done for you? Yeah, that's right. Sometimes when all the things are done for us, we don't even understand our value. Our value is just tired, tied to what's been done for us. Other people have stated, this is what you're worth. What if you're more than that? See, this is who I want to connect to today. I'm speaking to you, whether you know it or not. You're probably mad about something. Like, who do you think you are? I'm talking to you because you're listening. These are the conversations I want to have. Now, here's what I want to tell you. The most powerful thing I can do is invite you into a conversation instead of accuse you out of one. This is where Christians get it wrong. This is where the church has failed miserably. We think by accusing you of your mess, of your sins, of your mistakes, that that's going to get you in the door. And realistically, that does work at some points, but only with people who are just so frustrated with what they've become that they're looking to be better. That's the people that that mindset, that model, that method works for. And it validates the church. See? I have people come to my church and they get saved all the time. They were just broken messes and they come in and they want Jesus. Yeah. Why do we think that that's the way it has to work? That everybody has to get to the lowest of lows before they can ever respond, before they can ever realize there is a more valuable way. There is a more valuable image of me. Because we've been satisfied with a broken model, a broken method. We love to accuse people. Why? because it validates us in our mind. We love to point out people's flaws to celebrate ours, the areas where we're better than you. That's what we do unknowingly, or for many of us, I think knowingly. I know I've been a part of church for a long time. Accusation, fear, those are the things, the models and the methods we use. But I want to connect you back to this Jesus again. Go read about Jesus with an open mind, not with what people have told you, not with this understanding that you think you have based on a broken model that the world has shared with you, not through the lens of another religion. When you think about this, it's funny how all the other religions reference Jesus, but Jesus never referenced them. Everybody else needs Jesus and their story, but he doesn't need them in his Who's the more valuable one now? But in everything you read about Jesus, watch what he does. 
every broken person that he interacted with, every person who was struggling on the surface or underneath, he interacted with the same way. It was always an invitation to conversation. It was always a moment of I see you and I hear you. There's so many stories. There's a woman at the well we find in, I believe, John 4. She says, the Bible says that she went in the middle of the day. What's, what's substantial about this part of the story is she went in the middle of the day to get water. It was the middle of the day is around noontime, which would be the hottest part of the day. See, we have to see this through the lens of an older generation because today you can go get water from the water cooler at any point in the day and you're good, right? Because we got ice. If it's hot, oh, well, I'll throw some ice in it. They didn't have that back then. So what would happen is they would all go at the earliest part of the day. In the early morning, they would get it when it's cool. They would take it home and store it in jars in cool places in their homes to maintain the coolness of the water for as long as they could. This woman, however, went at a different time. Why? First, she went at a time where there was not many people at the well because she was ashamed. See, if we don't understand the heart behind the story, we miss this. How many things in our life do we just go do that has become our identity? This woman may have been doing this for years. 12 o'clock when I just go. And in her mind, she begins to build a narrative that says, I go because it's less crowded. I don't have to deal with people. What she was really saying is, I am ashamed of what I've done and I don't want to be around people who would judge. Because when you hear more about the story, Jesus begins to invite her into conversation and ask questions. He says, where's your husband at? He didn't ask that first. Why? Because that's where the church would miss it up. This is the accusation method that we use. Someone walks in. Where's your husband at? I don't have a husband. I know. That's why you need to be in church. Where's your husband? I don't have one because uh, I have a wife. Oh. Well, yeah, you definitely need to be in church. I don't have one because I was come out of broken marriages and I don't want to be ever be married again. So I just have a boyfriend or I have a girlfriend. Yeah, you definitely need to be in church. So what Jesus said. Jesus had a conversation with her over this moment of really speaking life into her and then asked the question. See, she could have slapped him and walked away, but because he saw her, because he spoke to her, not at her, not accused her, he opened the door to her for her to really hear the heart behind the question. See, he invited her into conversation. When he asked about her husband, she saw what he was really asking is, why are you really at this well at noon? Why are you really here at an inconvenient time? I know you said that you were here because this is just who you are. But what you're really saying is I'm only here now because I don't want to be seen. And in that place of trying to be invisible, Jesus saw her. And she said, you know, I don't have a husband. I've had four husbands, but I'm divorced and I'm living with a man now. And Jesus said, I know, but that's not who you are. You're merely bouncing from relationship to relationship because along the way, someone stripped you of your value and you're looking for it in the eyes of men. You've continued to try to find it in places where it's not. And you've become satisfied with what you see in the mirror. A depleted version of yourself. 
as the old country song go, goes, you've become satisfied with looking for love in all the wrong places. Yes, there are wrong places to look for love. Society won't tell you that. They'll celebrate you for looking for it in the wrong place. They'll celebrate you for being a less than version of yourself. They'll even make movies about it, TV shows about it, to help you feel better about it. But what happened in that moment was in that moment of trying to be invisible, being seen by Jesus, being spoken life into, being let know that she is better than what she can even see. What happens? She runs to tell people, the very people that she had hid from, the very people that she tried to stay clear of, the very people that she went at noon to avoid. She ran to them because they knew who she was. They knew the mess that she had become. She went to them. And told them about a man who saw her mess. Who saw her at her worst. But spoke into her best. Who showed up at an inconvenient time. At an inconvenient place. And invited her to her purpose. What if every conversation we had was more like that? What if we really begin to invite people into our lives instead of accusing them out of it? What if our ears and our hearts were open to hear the hearts of people? How many people have we rejected because they may have challenged us with a different perspective? And because we just didn't want to hear it because this is who we've become. It's almost like somebody showing up your well at 12 o'clock and saying, you know, if you got water at the early time of the day and you're like, what do you know? This is my time of the day. This is who I am. I'm just hard like that. I just love warm water. It's funny, right? When you think about that perspective, but we're all that way. I don't need your cool water in the morning. I'm a 12 o'clock kind of person. This is who I am and I'm just going to keep doing it. And then somebody asks the question. But why do you do it at 12? Because there's not as many people around here. But why are you avoiding people? Well, I just like it. And then they ask you, do you like your water cool? Of course I like my water cool. Then why do you come at a time that you'll never get it that way? See, most of those people who go to the well at noon, who have become who they are, really are uncomfortable and would love to do it at another time, would love to be something different, but feel like they'll never be. See, I invite you today to challenge yourself, to see beyond the exterior, to see beyond what you've become. We live in a world that is trying to change everyone. Trying to change you mentally, spiritually, and even physically. Trying to get us okay with different to a point that we're willing to sacrifice it all. I want to invite you to look into the mirror, to see through the 12 o'clock well experience, to see through who you've become, 
and maybe meet yourself for the first time. I won't accuse that self. But what I will say is it's time to take a step back towards that. Through what's been done to you, the hurtful things that forged your journey, the hurtful things that put you in a place to become who you are. Like that woman at the well, maybe it was the the husband that beat her, that forced her out of the first relationship. The husband that cheated on her to force her out of the second relationship. The husband who just didn't give her time and attention, who forced her out of her third relationship. See, we don't know those things. But many times our path is not forged by us. It's forged by those who have done things to us. And validated by those who have something to gain from us. I challenge you today. For the first time for many of you. Go look in that mirror. And tell yourself what do you see. Look through the lies of what you've become. Look through the hurt that you've experienced. Look through the shame that you hold on to. In all of that, when you get through that, what you're going to find is that value. The value that Jesus gave you when he died on the cross. The love that he demonstrated when he died for you, knowing full well the mistakes you would make. That's what I want to share with you today. Yeah, I hope you stayed long enough. I hope you tell me you're not a church person, not really a person that's into this. Well, I hope you stayed because you may not believe in Jesus, but I can assure you this. He sure believed in you. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Come back. More conversations to be had in the red. Let's go. Let's go.